Hi, I'm Robbie. And I'm Abby. And this is the Grow Up Podcast. And Happy New Year, Robbie. Happy New Year. We're back. We are back. And we are back with a goals check-in, life check-in, seeing what's going on in each other's lives. And this was all spurred on by a really interesting New York Times article that I found all about New Year's resolutions. It was posted at the very end of January, and it said that by February 14th, Valentine's Day, it's the day by which 80% of people who made a New Year's resolution will have given up. And I sent you this that day, and I was like kind of blown away by this fact. Yeah. And I think that just hearing that made me do like a quick evaluation, like, oh crap, like (laughs) I need to make sure that I'm on track or, you know, working towards something. I think this spurred both of us to be like, we need a goals check-in. And luckily this coincided with me reading um, Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek. And that had a lot of goal-oriented content I ran through this with you quickly on that day, but because of this spurred action taking I wanted to take from this uh, New York Times article and because of the book, I actually revised my goals that we went over in our December podcast, and I kind of just called those like my Q4 goals, and then I revised it all to have my Q1 goals. I want you to walk me through it because you sent me a screenshot of it. And I, and it really like resonated with me. And so I actually went back and revised my goals, which actually I didn't, I never finished my goals for the year. And what I will say is they're still not done because a lot of things are changing and I haven't like solidified. These are my goals for the year, but I did go back and start to do this Tim Ferriss method and kind of finalize my goals in this way versus the way that I did before. But why don't you talk through how you found it, and what you did with that. Yeah, so I kind of combined it with our method because I really loved how you set up the goal sheet that we use, which was personal and professional goals, goals with action steps, which is a key for short-term, mid-term, and long-term. And then what I added in from Tim Ferriss's world, he has this concept called, I believe, dreamlining. And it's how to create goals essentially to accomplish your dreams. But he has you for the very first step, list out five goals or dreams that you have in three categories, which are having, being, and doing. So a few examples that I have. So in the next six to 12 months, I dream of having a house. I dream of having a dog. I dream of having a business. I dream of being a better cook, of being online less. And I dream of doing, uh, reading weekly, of meditating, and I dream of doing, I have a hike, which is funny, (laughs) just one hike in the whole year. (laughs) Um, So I just thought that that was a very organized way. It's super broad, but specific enough for you to kind of hone in on the goals that then I put into our personal, professional, short, mid, and long-term setup. And it worked out so well. I loved all the ones that I thought, like all the new ones, like the cooking one, I completely forgot about that. But then I was like, oh, I do want to be a better cook. So now I added that to my Q1 goals. 
Yeah, that's really cool. And that's essentially what I'm doing as well. I started with new goals for my professional life because some things have changed at work and my goals I had set even from just a couple of months ago don't necessarily make sense anymore. Or I've checked some of the short term Mm -hmm. and medium term ones off the list. And so I wanted to start fresh with, okay, what am I really looking at for this year in 2018 with these changes that are happening? Um, And I started with the dreamlining thing where I do and um, with the having being doing. And so I have some professional um, under being, but I don't have it completely drawn out yet. I'm still working from some of the old goals I have while I finalize these new ones. But I've been, and we had talked about this, but I've been in this state where I am just getting into a routine kind of of what I want to be doing or just how to like structure my days or how to structure tackling my goals or what are, you know, my hobbies and things like that. And so I've been doing these things and I don't have them written down on paper, but I'm getting to a point where it's like, okay, this is a good balance and a good routine for me. Let's turn this into a goal. So I'm working towards something and not just kind of getting into this groove that I've been doing. Um, But I actually have liked taking that time to just kind of do it and kind of live my life and get into a routine and figure out what works for me, what doesn't work for me, and then kind of go back and put that onto paper and maybe create some stretch goals or what can I improve or what could I do better with what I've been doing. Well, it's almost like your first goal is to create a routine. And, yeah, and then that, these yeah, are the that should have been like my exactly. That should have been my number one goal is get into a routine, and then let's think about goals for each of the different activities or whatever that I'm doing. So I've been doing that, and and what I've found is that I go through phases with things. So, like hobbies, for example, I think when we had talked last, I was painting a lot, and I still do it but I probably do it like every week or every other week now versus for a while I was doing it like every day or every other day. And I'm reading a bit more now, which was something I wanted to do. So it's kind of, I've kind of shifted from painting to reading, I would say. And then I've also been focused on like finance things. Um, So having a financial plan um, was a goal of mine. And so that's been kind of a focus for me lately. And then even just things like, planning out my travel schedule for the year. So I I know that I have to be traveling at certain times throughout the year. So I've been focused on, okay, when do I need to actually book these certain things to kind of have it like staggered throughout the year and not be all at once. And so I just have been taking those things as they come and not trying to force like, okay, I'm going to paint every single day because I found that that doesn't really work for me. It only works for me for a period of time until I need to balance it with something else. And I think that coming and going of hobbies and even habits is completely natural. I 100% do that as well. And uh, someone smarter than me once told me that like embrace that and be happy that that thing came into your life whenever it did. And if it's gone or just absent for a minute – that's okay. And it might come back and it might not, but just don't hate yourself for like, if you did stop painting altogether, like that's fine. You don't have to keep painting and it enriched you for as long as it did for it, whatever purpose it had. And um, I don't know. I just really actually might've mentioned that on this podcast before, but I just kind of like that 
that's like be easy on yourself if that does happen. And I also think it happens a lot with um, the changes of the seasons. I know I read more in at the beginning of the year than in the summer or in the fall. And I kind of have to like pick it back up and try to get to my reading goal in like October, November, December, because all summer I didn't really mm-hmm. read. So that's the sort of one I'm used to because I've realized that that's happened but in, in the past few years. But I don't know. It's just sort of – I think it's really normal. Yeah, and I think it's important to figure that out so you can set a realistic goal. Like if I know that I'm not going to be able to read 20 books in a year based on how I – tend to read, then I'm not going to set that goal for myself. So Right. And maybe it's it was important. more of a broad goal. It's like maybe like do my hobby, whatever it is at the mm-hmm. moment for an hour each day or however long you can commit to doing it. Um, yeah. That once again, be a little bit easier on yourself. But real quick on the reading front, we talked about this briefly this morning because I'm looking at my goals right now. And I have at the very top of my 2018 resolutions page, it says read 15 books and it says stop reading book if bored. And it's exactly what you asked me earlier today. And that kind of was spurred along from the Tim Ferriss book as well because he's like, he loves to read, but he definitely stops reading a book whenever he is not, or only reads the parts of the book if it's a nonfiction book that apply to him right now or it's the information that he needs right now. And then he stops. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's definitely something you and I were talking about motivation, where if you're struggling through a book and you just want to get it finished, you can really lose your reading motivation like pretty quickly. So yeah, and I think for me, it's a fear of giving up. Like I don't want to give up on a book and then think I'm never going to be able to get through a book because I like, can't mm-hmm. focus long enough to get through it. But it, it's interesting that you say that was in Tim Ferriss's book because that's exactly what happened to me with this current book I'm reading was that I heard of the book because of something that happened. I think it was like the Hawaii missile alert. Oh, yeah. Which book is and it triggered. I've, I don't know the exact title, but it's called something like Doomsday Machine. But basically, okay. it's written by this guy who worked at a think tank and was contracted by the government and worked under several um, or a couple of presidents. But he worked on basically nuclear war strategy. And the first part of the book was actually almost exactly about what happened and how a false alarm, like a missile alert sent to people's iPhones could start a nuclear war and can be catastrophic. And the first half of this book, the book's very long. I have it on Kindle, so I don't know how many pages, but it's very, very long. And I binge read like hours and hours a day. Um, I was off of work for like a week or so um, traveling, and I was just reading this book for as much possible time as I could. And I got through the first half, which was relevant, and the second half isn't so relevant. And I'm kind of stuck just slowly getting through it. But the I'm just not making much progress because it's such a big book and I'm just not as interested in the second half. But I am going to take that advice and not give it up, but I'm go- I am going to stop reading it and move on and pick up something that I'm more interested in. Yeah, I think it's just – and it's like more worth your time to be doing something that you enjoy doing. Instead yeah, of struggling definitely. through something just to do it. Because I have that back and forth as well. It's like, well, if I've already read three quarters of a book, I'm so close to adding one more book to my out of 15 list for the year. And so I don't want to give it up. But it's like, well, come on. Like, either power yeah, through it or stop complaining. <laughs> right. And tying it back to goals, that's exactly what it was. If I have, if I set a goal for myself, which 
that's what I was thinking was that I would set a goal for a number of books I want to read per year. And I invested so much time into half of this book and I'm not going to be able to say I finished it. It's not going to count towards that number, but I decided I'm not going to set a number for myself. I'm going to set a goal, like you said, about the frequency of reading and that's going to be good for me. If I can commit to reading like twice a week or for a certain amount of hours, um, that's what I'm going to do. I think that's a good idea. And another trick I sometimes do is if I'm struggling through a nonfiction book that's like really heavy, as you were kind of saying, is the next book I'll read is like a really light, easy fiction book. <laughs> that, that's actually what I'm planning. I have like a fiction book. I, I don't read fiction too often, but I was like, let me just pick up a fiction book, like an easy read, something I can get through and it's entertaining and just light. Which book is it? Um, I think I'm going to read Love, Simon, which is going to be a movie in March, I believe. It comes out in March. Hmm. So I'm going to start with that um, just because I do plan on watching the movie and so I want to get through the book. Well, let me know how it is. Will do. The only other thing I'll say about goals is that tying this back to your point about giving up resolutions by February 14th, that is one of the reasons why I don't like to call my goals resolutions. or I don't like to set resolutions because as I found, especially this year, but probably every year, my goals can't necessarily be set at the beginning of the year. And I can't expect myself to be tied to that throughout the whole year. So for me, there's so much moving in my work life right now that it wouldn't have been right for me to set like a work resolution or a work goal at the beginning of the year and expect that to be like my yearly thing. Like I'm still working on setting my 2018 goals as kind of work changes. So maybe like that is a thing that people give up resolutions by February 14th. I think that I have just focused on different things up until now. And I probably would have failed if I did set a resolution I agree. And I've definitely failed. I mean, we kind of talked through our 2017 goals and resolutions and I definitely didn't do some of them. And I hope that the biggest change that I'm making this year that will really help is actually inspired by you is the actually writing down the actions you need to take in order to do it. So it's essentially just breaking down a big problem, if you will, into a lot of smaller problems so you can accomplish them and feel accomplished and then move on. And Mm -hmm. I've never really done that in the past, like maybe subconsciously, but I really like writing it down and writing down everything that I need to do in order to feel fulfilled or feel like this goal was um, completed by whatever timeline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think having those small milestones and creating that small win for yourself keeps you motivated too to work towards that bigger goal. Uh Uh-huh. Then real quick, just while we're finishing up talking about that New York Times article. I found that article on my news app that's like built into the iPhone, which I've started using over the past few months. Whenever I got off of Twitter, I now really just rely on this news app for a really quick briefing at the beginning of the day. And then I listen to one political podcast. But the thing I realized with this news app is, is you can actually search like the New York Times or whatever, and see all of their articles, but you never reach that 10 article a month limit or whatever it is. I think Apple has some deal with them where if they're 
accessing the site through the news app that you can read as many articles as you want. And it's great. Oh, that's interesting. I actually didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't realize it until like two weeks ago because I didn't even know that you could – I didn't realize I could search New York Times, go to the New York Times and just like search through their articles because you know how it's all just like a jumble of ones that you've picked out in the past. Um, yeah. So but I thought that was great because you – I don't know. I've always kind of found it a little bit – not that I read the New York Times all the time, but in those random months where I wanted to click on five or ten articles, it's like, no, you can't. It's like – Screw you. I'm yeah. going to open a new browser now. <laughs> yeah. If someone sends you an article yeah. to look at and you're like, oh, I can't see it. Yeah. But here's a little but hack. That's, that's interesting because I, I it must have happened when I updated my iOS on my phone, but the notifications for the news app turned on. So I started getting the headline sent as a push notification to my phone, which I am still undecided about how I feel about it because in some ways actually really like that. Like a, It's almost like a tweet just gets sent right to your phone. You kind of know what's going on throughout the day and you can keep up with things. But I have found that it's caused a little bit of stress or like slight anxiety getting those updates. And I know that you can go in and kind of tailor which ones you get, which I still need to go in and, and do. But sometimes it's annoying to wake up to three notifications about Trump. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like one thing I don't like about it. So I'm still trying to figure out if it works for me, those notifications or not. Yeah, I definitely – I know I wouldn't want them. But another thing that I've been liking in terms of like a daily news source, I just remembered that I told you I recently got a Amazon you know, Echo Dot. Um, and I really don't know what to use it for because I don't need a personal – virtual assistant uh but i've been liking the flash briefing feature and i have it set up to give me the weather give me a word of the day (laughs) and then run through npr news so it's just like a four minute spiel while i'm eating my cereal in the morning and it's really high level stuff like i hate local news i don't want to hear about like a child abduction down the street. I really don't care because it's scary. Right. And <laughs> just the negative clickbait. Yeah, it's never good. It's never, ever good. And so it's like really high level NPR, national world news. And um, yeah, but it's, and she just reads it to me. It's kind of, it's kind of really nice. Yeah. I actually haven't done the flash briefing, but I know that that's available and I, I should try it. I've been wanting to. I would give it a shot. I've done it most days this week, but if I forget, then I, I think it's just like her reading it to me is new. And it, yeah, it's nice. I'm like, I don't have to <laughs> sit on my phone all the time. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, cool. So I was reading another book. No, I was listening to it. Oh, this is a perfect example. I was listening to this audiobook. It's called The Power of Habit. And I got uninterested in it after like two days and I deleted it because I was like, I could listen to something else on my commute to work. I don't need this book, but I enjoyed it while, uh, while it lasted. And I learned there's an entire chapter or section about willpower. And I thought this tied into our goals conversations that we've been having like pretty well because I had never, I mean, obviously I know what willpower is, but ha- hearing him explain it like this 
kind of made me interested. So I'm just going to read you a few things, like a few notes I took from the book. And then I kind of want to get your your take on it. Okay. So he has the definition of willpower is the ability to delay gratification, resisting short-term temptations in order to meet long-term goals. It's also the capacity to override an unwanted thought, feeling, or impulse. It's a conscious effort. What? A conscious effortful (laughs) regulation of the self by the self and... I think this was the key. It's a limited resource capable of being depleted. So the whole point of this chapter was it's all about creating habits and how habits are actually like inside your brain. Like it's not just a thing that it's like subconscious and it's like scientific and um, well, all that kind of stuff. It's not just like a thing that you do occasionally. It's like, no, your brain created this habit because it's actually kind of funny. Your brain creates habits like um like your habit for like you grab your keys then you grab your wallet then you put your coat on like those sort of habits your brain and you do them without thinking because your brain thought about them for so long and it's like this is boring i'm just going to make this a habit mm-hmm. now which mm-hmm. i thought was funny that your brain's like god like let's do something more interesting <laughs> but they also say that people get better at regulating their impulses. They learn how to distract themselves from temptations. And once you've gotten into that willpower groove, your brain is practiced at helping you focus on a goal. And then the whole limited resources thing is like after a taxing day at work, you might not have as much willpower to maybe accomplish your goals whenever you get home because it's a limited resource capable of being depleted. And I was like, oh, I've never really thought of it that way. And you have to learn willpower and you have to practice willpower and you have to train your basically basically make willpower a habit. And the very last thing he said, which I found to be the most interesting, was how willpower is teaching self-control. And it's why you should sign your kids up for sports or music lessons because the kids, well, yeah, if they become a pianist or pianist or a professional soccer player then that's great but the actual point and why you should sign them up for sports or music lessons or something like that is because they're learning to build self-regulatory strengths while they're forced to practice something for an hour or forced to run 15 laps and you practice it and you get better at it and it just turns self-discipline into a habit and I was like oh (laughs) That makes complete sense, but I never really thought of that in terms of like a parenting uh, skill or tactic or something like that. Because I just remember talking to someone who has a kid, uh, a pretty young kid, and they were like, oh, no, I wouldn't ever want my kid to play an instrument. And it's like, well, why? It, like, I was just kind of offended because I played the violin and the piano growing up and I really enjoyed it. So I'm like, oh, I'll, like, give them the experience of doing that. It was a lot of fun. But now I'm like, well, it doesn't, you're not doing it so, because you'd like to hear them playing the flute. You're doing it so that they l- learn self discipline by practicing, and practice makes you better. And what they learn at age 10 will help them whenever they're studying in college at age 20 and ha- help them with their job at age 30. And it all just like builds. It's all just practicing willpower and self-discipline. I thought it was okay. Yeah, that's – well, that's super interesting and there's a, a lot in there to kind of pick apart because it makes you think back to 
your childhood and what things led to certain habits that you have now. So like me, for example, just as you were talking, I was thinking that there are some short-term sacrifices that I naturally make that I I wouldn't have even called it willpower because I just think about certain things in a long-term way. Like um, maybe a good example is like financial things. Like I've always just thought long-term and I don't have a habit to impulsively spend money or overspend money, which I know is actually a a really big problem for a lot of people. And I wouldn't call that willpower because it's not taking any of my energy to do that, but that's because it's already a habit. Um, And I would have never thought about it that way. But then there's other things that it's very difficult for me to, like there's things that like really take willpower for me. But I'm wondering if it's, yeah, it's kind of like a muscle, like you can train this willpower muscle. And then at some point you can take on all of these different things that require willpower and it will just come like natural to you. And another thing that, that I was thinking of was like my, I, I take a spin class and um, that that's exactly this. You go to the spin class because it's 45 minutes of training your training your muscles, but it's the same way that you would train for this willpower thing. And you're actually learning willpower while doing this, this class, because it's the way that it's structured is just 45 minutes, repetitive intervals. You're going in there to get better every time you come back. And that's the point of it. And that's why I like it is because you're doing that. So it's, it is kind of like a muscle, I guess. And I think accountability really plays in a lot to this. And I think feeling like you're accountable for something forces you to do the thing more often and then it becomes a habit. And I think whenever you were mentioning the workout class, I was thinking like, oh, if I had a personal trainer who at 10 p.m. on – not 10 p.m. I would never go to the gym at 10 p.m. At 10 (laughs) a.m. on a Saturday is standing at the door of the gym waiting for me, then I'm going to get used to showing up and doing it. And then I don't know. I feel like it can like – once you get into the habit of doing that, then you can kind of translate those things into other areas of your life. I mean, I guess yeah. exactly what it is. It's like a muscle that you make stronger. And the uh, finance example you gave was hilarious because growing up, my mom was definitely – and she still is very um, – she does not buy herself new clothes or anything like that. She's very – conscious of what she's spending her money on and does not buy frivolous things. And so that definitely was ingrained in me. And anytime growing up, I did buy, I I remember this one time I went out to the outlets and bought a coat and I came home and she was like, why the hell did you buy this coat? (laughs) And got so mad at me for buying this coat. And I still have the coat, by the way, for the past like 10 years. Um, It's at my desk at work. And, um, I don't know. It's just like she sort of ingrained that habit into me of like essentially feeling guilty for buying stuff like this coat. But now, um, I mean, we've talked about this a million times. Like, and as you said, like neither of us are huge spenders, especially on like little things like that. Or if it is, it's like we've thought about it and hopefully it's like a pretty conscious decision. Um, Yeah. But yeah, the whole like turning it into a habit and it being a muscle just kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh, I could practice. Yeah. 
Well, I'm glad you read that book for two days or whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> it just got a little too dry. You know when that happens? It's just like yeah. And it was I really sciencey. I was reading it because I'm on this nonfiction kick to learn about starting a business. And I just finished a really good book about um, content marketing, and I enjoyed the Tim Ferriss book perfectly fine. And this one was on like all of Amazon's like other people bought this one too. So I thought it was going to be more businessy focused, but it was very very science focused. And I was like, I I can't do this. Hmm. <laughs> this is too much. Count me <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> I'll listen to yeah. the willpower section and then peace out. That's it for me. All right. I don't think I have anything else either. Me neither. But I think we should check in with each other again on either what we're doing and especially on how we're accomplishing our goals. I don't know if it's going to be quarterly or monthly or or what, but I kind of want you to be an accountability partner for me. Yeah. And I think that's the future of this podcast is checking in what's going on, what are you doing, and how does that fit into all these things that we typically talk about? Awesome. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Grow Up Podcast. You can check out our links and show notes at realizeyourcareer.com on the podcast page. Thanks. See you next time.